Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. <laughs> That's... Guys, it's great to be with you. It's great to be everyone, with everyone here. It's an honor. My name's Zeke, along with my, myself, Ellie. We, we're part of the Battersea site, so it's great to be here with you this morning in person and with you online. Uh, I just want to say, bless you guys, and um, I want to talk to you this morning about prayer. I, I believe it's time to pray. If you're right, taking notes, that's the title of the message. It's time to pray. Years and years ago, when I was living down in the South Coast, I came over here at 18 to pursue a football career. And I was living, I ended up being a youth worker in a local park. And I would meet young people, and i never forget this young lad that I met. He was, he was angry, he was frustrated, he'd had a really tough life, and he made it clear to me that he didn't want to talk or know anything about God. And so I made it my mission to make him want to know something about God. And I tried all my tactics, I tried all the different things in the book, but really, the thing that works and that I want to get into our heads and into our hearts is that it's prayer that makes a difference. And I remember I, I sat on my bed. I was on my bed at 11 a.m. That, that was when I was getting up on my days off. And so sometimes I still, no, I don't get up at that time anymore. But I was, I was and I'm like, I'm going to start praying. And I started to pray for this, this young lad. And uh, the, the, the powerful thing was, is as I was praying, my phone started to ring, and it was him. Wow. I've never, ever in my life had this happen, but it was him. He was calling me. And I'm like, God, is this some kind of prank? Hang on. I'm, I'm praying to you for him, but he's now calling me. So I pick up my phone, interrupt my prayer. Cheers, mate. And so I answer the phone, and he said, Zeke, are you down the park today? I'm like, oh, it's my day off. In fact, I've just got up, but what, what's going on? He said, could we meet? And so I look, I'll meet you at lunchtime down the park. So I meet him there. We'd never talked really about God all that much, or, or he wasn't really interested. He told me his story. He told me the things that were going on in his life. They were really hard. In one sense, they shocked me, but it was, it was a profound moment. And I said, bro, I don't have all the answers, but could I pray for you? And that day, he, he let me pray for him face-to-face. Uh, -face. And it was one of those moments that shifted everything in his life. And you know, uh, William Temple, a great theologian and writer, he's the Archbishop of everywhere. Look him up. He's, he's got some of the best quotes. He said this. He said, when I pray, coincidences happen. When I don't, they don't. And so there's a direct correlation between our prayer and God moving and shifting things. Guys, let's face it. We're facing the, one of the most challenging times any of us have lived in. Whether we've been ill, whether we've had the virus, whether we, whatever the situation is, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Can everyone just give themselves a pat on the back that you're surviving a pandemic right now? This is a global thing. It's affecting the world. We know that there's, there's, there's racial tensions around our nation and around the world. People are struggling. People are hurting. Young people that, that are living in this nation and children don't have enough food to eat every day. This is happening not somewhere far away. It's happening here in this nation. Just, this, just last week, we heard about the riots in Nigeria. We, it wasn't riots. It was peaceful protests. 
I'm so you, and, 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 and I heard from a Nigerian woman on a Zoom call last week that there was a bunch of young people pr- 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 uh, peacefully protesting and, and, and actually in the middle of prayer and one, one got shot. How crazy is that? Guys, there was a, a 15-year-old in Wandsworth just down the road stabbed, stabbed to death in a gang fight this week. You know, we're living in a challenging time and it's time to pray. It's time to pray. We, we can do all of our good things, but it's time for, for us to cry out to the Lord, Lord Jesus, we need you to move. We need you to move in this nation. We need you to move. It's time to pray. There's never been a more key moment for us as the people of God, or if you're interested in God, he's calling you in and he'll start you with prayer. Prayer shifts things. Prayer is the unseen force in our world. Prayer is the unseen force in our world. If you're with me, why don't you grab a Bible or grab a phone or wherever you find your Bible. Uh, The passage is going to come up on the screen. You'll see that my lovely uh, PowerPoint making things, uh, yeah, black and white, keep it simple. Here we go. Luke 11, 1 to 4. Guys, this is so familiar to you. You've read it many times. It's, It's just, I think, Jesus calling us back to focus on how he taught his disciples and us to pray. Here we go, verse 1. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, and this is the NIV, so it's a shorter version, but I'll come back to it. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive anyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. You guys know that prayer. I want to lengthen it. We know that you, if you if you grow up in church or school or whatever uh, Christian school, you'll know the, the our Father who art in heaven. We'll do it in a sec, but. Um, I, I'm interested. It struck me one of the first things is 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 that. Um, as Jesus, Jesus was praying. Have you ever noticed that? That that's something Jesus did, like super regularly. Just read the Gospels. He's often up a mountain in a valley, wherever he is, he's praying, he's seeking the Father. And I've often thought, why did Jesus pray? Surely if there's anyone on the planet that, that was living on earth from the beginning till now, why the heck did the Son of God, God himself, Emmanuel, we sung it, actually have to pray? Surely, if there's anyone who could have got away without praying, it was Jesus. But Jesus, what he did when he prayed, is he was seeking the Father. It was was about intimacy and connection. But it was also, and that's a deep theological question right now. Why did Jesus pray? All the theologians in the room, write that down, study it later. One of the answers is, because Jesus wanted to, he wanted to model what he wanted to see replicated on the earth. He knew he had a limited amount of time and he wanted to model important things so that his people would replicate them and that they would get replicated. And so this is why Jesus prayed. He modeled, that's how the kingdom works. Jesus models the stuff, then he does the stuff. So we get to try that out and model the stuff and then others will do the stuff as well. And this is the model that Jesus used. He said this, our Father, I just want to run through it with you real quick. Our Father, let's everyone say, our Father who art in heaven. 
hallowed be your name. So first off, Jesus is saying, hey, God's in heaven. There's a Father in heaven. A cos- like he, he's above the cosmos. And he, like, just hallowed. You know what hallowed means? Holy is your name, Lord. Like give him praise. Give him- That's one of the first things I say when I wake up. If, if, if Ellie's in bed with me, I usually, which she always is, I usually say, I, I always say, um, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the day. Lord, you're, it's not about me. It's not about my strength and my might. Not by my power, not by my might. You, Lord. It's, I, I give you, you're holy, Lord God. So Jesus, straight away, God's holy. He's, he's above it all. And he's, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Let's do this. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. God, whatever's going up, up on up in heaven, would you bring it to earth? Your kingdom, what the, 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 the reality of the kingdom of God, bring it to earth as it is in heaven. Imagine you stop and think and pray, pray that prayer. That's a powerful prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Lord, meet my need, not my greed. You ever heard that one? Meet my need. We, we, we're greedy people. I, I eat more than I should. I, I do think I watch more than I should. I, we, we want more. We want more. But Lord, let, let's just focus. Help me to focus on what I need. The daily bread. And we're going to need that amidst our lockdown, right? To focus on what we have and not what we don't have. Uh, where are we? Uh, uh, daily bread. Forgive us our debtors as we forgive those who debt. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Let's do it. For- God, I recognize that I sin. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. Romans eight twenty eight, I think it is, um, or Romans two three twenty three. It's one of those ones. Look it up and tell me. Feel free. But, but we all sin and fall. We've all, we, all, we all go back to our old nature. If you're a Christian, you're no longer a sinner. You're a saint. If you're not a Christian, you're still in sin. I'm sorry about that. That's just the reality of, of the way we are. You can step into freedom. That's why Jesus came. That's why he died. That's why he rose again. He defeated sin on the cross. He defeated death through his resurrection. We're free. Lord Jesus, would you help me because I sin and, and to, to forgive those who sin against me. Key, key phrase there, forgiveness. We can't forgive if we haven't been forgiven. Try it. Just try forgiving if you know that you're not forgiven. You'll find it really hard. And it's a simple thing that Jesus is t- teaching us. Let's forgive as we are forgiven. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then it goes on, for yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. It's recognizing that we can be led into temptation. During this second wave, we'll be led into temptation to be thinking things, doing things. Guys, I admit, every week I meet with some friends and and we, we confess to one another. One of my major sins has been anger. I'm angry with the situation. I'm angry with, with, with things. I, I just I confess it right now. I get angry about this situation, but, I, but we need his peace. And so we, this is a model. This is the prayer Jesus modeled. I dare you to pray this prayer 
every day. I dare you. You don't even need to speak it out. Just sit there, lie there, like I was doing in the prayer uh, slot yesterday that Ellie and I had. I just laid there, and I said it over and over in my head. And it started to infuse. Anyway, here we go. It's prayer. Now is the time. And guys, as you're listening and listening at home, the Holy Spirit really has stirred me this week that he's going to put things people and issues on your heart. So I give you permission while you're listening, if you're at home, uh, just close your eyes and start to pray. Who cares what I say? Well, you can watch it back. But it would be helpful in the room if you didn't pray out loud because that would just be really distracting. But if, if God does anything in your heart, in your spirit, just, just close your eyes and just give it to God because I sense he's going to do that in, in the room. The first, so, so here's four things that I think can really help in the next month when it comes to prayer. If we're going to be a people who say, yep, it's, I, I get it, it's time to pray, I want to pray, let's pray, then these are some things that I think we can, we can start to just put into practice. Um, yeah, the interesting thing, the first thing that we can do with prayer is just to begin. Can everyone say begin? Start. We just, oh, yeah, yeah, you don't have to. Uh, we, but, but we, sometimes we just don't begin praying. Yeah. Sometimes we just don't begin. We, we have all these other things that are going on in our life. And Jesus, he says in Luke 11 too, and when you pray. It wasn't uh, like if you pray, when you fancy praying, it would be really good. I, I've noticed in, this is a thing that like I've noticed in England, we, we don't really do this in Australia because we just tell people what to do. But the, the English often, no, I mean no offense by saying what I'm about to say, is it would be really good if you did. Jesus didn't say that. He just said, and when you pray. So, and when you pray, begin. We need to begin. There's so many, I've been thinking about it. Um, prayer is the essential ingredient to, to growth, extension, and power for the early church. It was prayer. These guys prayed. These men and women prayed like, like no one's business. But somehow we've been halted and distracted and seduced by our culture and in our own, the culture of our own lives and the culture around us to forget to pray. We mustn't forget to pray. C.S. Lewis, anyone read Screw Tape Letters? Yeah, it's quite a difficult book to read, but I, did, I found it quite difficult. But the, the Screw Tape Letters is all based around a senior demon writing to a junior demon. Senior demon, Screw Tape, writing to his, his nephew, Wormwood, giving him tips on how to terrorize people's lives. This amazing piece of work by C.S. Lewis, he said this, it's funny, this is what Screwtape is saying to, to Wormwood, it's funny how mortals always picture us devils as putting things into their minds, whereas in reality, our best work is done by keeping things out. Wow. How many things, have you, how many times have you gone to pray this week, I'll admit it, and just forgot? Just, just, just oh yeah, that, that's more important. The amount of times this week that I've sat in my study office, our, our creative space, whatever we call it, and just sat and looked out and gone to pray and things have come into my mind. You know, if the enemy's doing anything, he's not trying to put stuff into your mind. He's trying to keep it out. And our society and culture tends to, we all tend to do the same thing. We get distracted. You see, the things, I think 
the things of God and the desire to pray can be kept out of our minds and then we never begin. What if that's the devil's tactics in our life to stop us from beginning, to begin to pray? We've got this month where as a church, I love this, that's why I love this church because we actually believe that prayer is going to shift things. Prayer will shift things. Not good works. Uh, we just know that. We know that from history, prayer. Corey Temboom said this. If you haven't heard of Corey Temboom, part of a Dutch family who rescued so many Jews from the, the Holocaust, she said this Is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? Oh my goodness, what a quote. So is it, is it the front and center of your life or is it the thing back that you, you, you only use when you've got a problem? Prayer is the steering wheel. Of, or is, it, is prayer your steering wheel or, or your spare tire? Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel. Come on. The, the second thing we can do is we can learn. When we're praying, we can learn. Prayer is a lifetime commitment, not a destination that we arrive at. Prayer is a lifetime commitment. When we become Christians, we're taught this beautiful language that we can learn to communicate with God. And so often, we, we, we don't use it. Emily Griffin, she said this, to pray means to be willing to be naive. I love how Jesus said, the disciples, I've just, I just been dwelling on these five words this week. Lord, teach us to pray. It's like, not, not Lord, we know all the answers. It's like, Lord, not Lord, oh, I've got a load of problems. It's just, Lord, teach me to pray. In the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of all this chaos, in the middle of us, me being restricted to my home next week or whatever else, teach me to pray. Lord, teach me to pray. What if prayer is about, not about getting answers and responses to what we want, but it's more about communication and connection with God? I think, I think if, we, if we have a posture in our hearts of, of be willing to learn to pray, then, then that, that can shift things. I wonder if you think of some, yourself as someone who's a learner in prayer, or do you think you've already got past your L plates? I don't. The more and more I try to pray, the more and more I realize I'm a learner. We're all learners, not losers, learners. <laughs> I think of a number of reasons why people don't pray. It's usually, well, God didn't come through for me. God didn't work that thing out. That's why you ask people who maybe aren't Christian, maybe you're watching and you're, you're not really getting it with God. Well, I, it's a journey, not, it's a marathon, not a sprint, the Christian faith. And um, I, I, it's interesting because when you walk into a room, say we walked in this morning, the first person in the room, they flicked on the light switch. Oh, the lights aren't working. Now, you don't, you don't say, you don't call up whoever's next to go, don't worry, coming in here. Yeah, I never, never thought electricity worked in the end. You know, electricity doesn't, forget it. You know, you don't switch, turn to, go to switch on a light and then think when it doesn't come on, oh, electricity never worked anyway. You, you, you diagnose the issue. You say, oh, how do I, what's happening? Something's, there's a, okay, is it the, is the power blown? Is the light gone? What is it? I wonder why we don't always do that with prayer. Well, maybe because maybe electricity works, right? And we know prayer works once we try it. 
So why don't we do that with prayer? Oh, maybe I'm praying something and it's just, I'm just off in my heart. The amount of times when I've been praying and realized, actually, my heart, this is more about me than about the other person. The miracles I've often seen happen through my prayers. And I've had people say to me, when you prayed for this, the guy who I told you about at the start, he said, because there was another prayer we prayed publicly a few, few after, after that point. And he said, he said, I'll tell you what it was about your prayer, Zeke. It was completely unselfish. And I realized, yes, yeah, sometimes I pray just to get a reaction so that people might, you know, and sometimes our prayers can be, can be a bit off. Electricity works. Prayer works. Let's diagnose the issue. Maybe some of you, you're praying about something right now. You're not seeing the, the answer you want or the desired outcome. Would, you, would it be God wants to say to you, go back to the drawing board? Maybe change the light bulb. Maybe call out an electrician, a friend who can help you contend, whatever it is. I just want to touch on this story before I, I've, I move to the last. Mark in 9, you guys might know this story once I start telling it. It's this powerful story about a, young, a father and a young boy. They go to the disciples this, this lad's possessed by a demon, and the demon chucks him on into the fire and into the water and tries to kill him. I don't know how all that started, but this is the situation. The disciples can't heal him, and you know the story where Jesus properly shuts them down. You, you wicked and p- p- unbelieving generation, how long do I have to be with you? Imagine if you said that to your mates. Like, Seriously? I, I, I've got an, a mission here and I just can't wait. Like, how long do I have to be with you? Incompetent people. And so the father comes along and I imagine the father, picture him in your mind, he's desperate. He's been praying for years. He's been seeking God for years and nothing's happened. And his son, what? imagine, imagine him seeing his son lying on the ground, writhing around, foaming at the mouth. And as soon as he sees Jesus, the demon throws him on the ground and he's foaming and 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 convulsing and and Jesus is not phased by this but it's interesting what he does hey how long has he been like this imagine him on the ground like going full on surely Jesus just heal him sort it out he's like how long has he been like this oh he's been like it since he was a child and and he does this and and it tries to kill him and throw him in the fire and water and drown he's like Okay, he said, but I was, I was wondering, but if you can do anything and take pity on us, help us. Jesus said, hey, if, if I can. See, Jesus just diagnosed the issue. If I can, anything is in, uh, nothing is impossible for the one who believes. And then this next bit, oh my goodness. This is like, I always get emotional when I read this. I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Like, for, for once in his life, that father, he got really honest. And he just said, I can't cope. I can't see my son. Do- I do believe, but help me overcome my un- unbelief. Guys, prayer is a life lesson. It's all about continuing to learn. And so Jesus does something. A, a bigger crowd starts coming, and he's like, demon, get out. And never come back again. Boom, the kid's fine. Well, he's lying there like a corpse. That's what the Bible says. But then Jesus touches him. And, and I th- think it would have been amazing. And then the disciples in the back room are like, Jesus, how come we couldn't do it? He said, oh, this only came out through prayer and fasting. 
oh, okay, so maybe they had to contend more in a secret place for it to happen in, in a public place. I don't know, I'm just giving you a thought, so we have to remember to learn. The third thing is let's remember to listen to God. When we pray, listen. Prayer is not a, a, a monologue, it's a dialogue. I didn't realize that for years. Oh Lord, do this, do that, do this, do that. It's a, it's, a, it's a dialogue that we can listen to his voice. We can hear him say stuff. Let's not keep it as a monologue. Let's keep it as a dialogue. As we pray, listening. Let's have our hearts and our ears listening as we're walking down the street. How can we be moved? What, what are you saying? And, and I came across this amazing quote by Richard Foster, Celebration of Discipline. Guys, if you haven't read it, it's probably a perfect read during our second wave. We're going to have a bit more time. Celebration of discipline. His, his chapter, I know, exactly. Very ironic. But um, the, um, when we're being called to be disciplined, he said this, the inner yes that you get, you know that inner yes? That, oh, I should pray for that person. Oh, I should do that. Oh, I should reach out. Oh, I see that person. I need to go and have a conversation. The inner yes is divine authorization. Wow. Like the inner yes from God, that, that urge you get in your spirit to be moved towards someone and to pray for someone. It's the inner yes. Ellie and I were talking about that this week where she felt an urge to reach out to a, a young girl who used to be in our youth. And, and she was just like, I knew I had to text her. And I, I no, I'm not chucking you under the bus. But, but I, and I didn't. And then she texts me. And she told me that stuff was going on. It's the inner yes. But wouldn't it be better that we don't have to be prompted by the person, but just by the Spirit of God? Like, and guys, God is prompting you. Some of you right now, he's prompting you to reach out to someone. This morning when I was praying, I just reached out to, to the friend that I, was, I told you at the start of the story. And I said, bro, I just want to bless you. I, I know that God's hand's on your life. Like, and he just texts me. It's just that inner yes. This is how I'm convinced compassion works. You're walking down the street and you get an urge to reach out. It's not something that you... Compassion isn't something that we send to someone else to do. It's something that we do. It's something that we're moved by. Jesus moved by compassion. Jesus looked at them and loved them. Guys, that's compassion. And for us, it's the Spirit of God moving in our hearts, prompting us and telling us. You guys have had that this week. You've had God move and maybe you've said yes and maybe you've said no. But I want to tell you, it's divine authorization from God. So that stirring is like God, the Holy Spirit, leading you into all truth, telling you, boom, see that person. Boom, say that, see this. What if we were prepared to listen more? to the divine promptings of God. Compassion was an evident feature for every healing in the New Testament. I read that in Richard Foster. I haven't read all the, the, the I haven't gone through that and checked that, but I believe it. Com- love it. Um, do you want prayer? Yeah, 100%. Um, compassion. So let's, let, let, let that right, yes, right. Holy Spirit, would you give us the yes, divine authorization? Even now, there's people that you, you can see in this room and you've got a word for them and it's going to come into play later. 
Maybe there's people who you're thinking and God is giving you divine authorization. I get pumped about this because as a church, like imagine, imagine if we were just like saying yes to all the divine authorizations from the Holy Spirit in our week. Imagine what, what holy chaos we would cause on the streets if we were just like saying yes to all the promptings of God. Lord, would you show us to say yes and give up our whatever we're doing. The final thing I want to say and... and I feel like I need to get jacked up a bit to say this, but we need to contend. Guys, we need to contend. Now is the time to pray. Now is the time to pray. I feel like preaching this sermon or telling this talk or doing this whatever is like it's such a holy moment because this is what we, I need to hear this going into lockdown. I know we need to hear this. It's time to pray and to actually contend. Guys, last week Steve talked, he touched on the revivals. You know, I see a cloud video. If you haven't seen it, type in I see a cloud on the Vineyard YouTube channel. It'll inspire the socks off you. I see a cloud. Went through the revivals, the Welsh revival, the, 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 the Wesleyan revival, the Hebridean, the, the revival in Scotland, Azusa Street revival, Jesus movement, revivals that it, it didn't touch on but are going on in China over the last two decades. The, the underground church is just exploding. Iran, apparently a million believers in Iran, in a place where the gospel is like, it's not, it's not easy we couldn't do this kind of easy gathering unless you've got, you know, you've, I don't know. But they've all got something in common, and it's prayer. Prayer is what sparked revivals. Every great move of God is always preceded by a move of prayer. Every great move of God. You can always put the equation, great moves of God because of prayer. Whether it's two grannies or 200 people, it doesn't matter, they're praying and I think God is calling us to pray. Prayer will, is what will change our situations. All great godly men and women, they, they profoundly understood that prayer is what shifts things. Prayer is what changes things. Martin Luther, I cannot believe this. He said this, I have much business to be done. I cannot get on without three hours of prayer per day. Now this guy, I mean, just read up about what Martin Luther did. We all, he sparked us having a Bible in our hand. You know, this guy was praying through, he was so desperate to make an impact in his day that he had to be on his face for three hours a day. I've only met, I've only met one other man uh, from North Korea. He fled from North Korea. He's now a Christian. He read the Bible 200, I can't actually believe this, 100 times before he actually committed to the faith. And when I met him, shook his hand, I had to go away, I was in tears. But I said, what do you do? He said, every day I spend two hours in prayer. What the heck do you pray about? He said, there's so much to pray about, I just sit and pray. John Wesley said, God does nothing but in answer to prayer. Wow, what a revelation. Wesley brothers, you know, they wrote, like, they saw, they used to preach in open air without... And, and, and 20,000 people would come and listen. How is that even possible? George Whitfield. These, these guys were jacked on prayer. They were contending. They were prepared to contend. I love the story as I'm coming into land. I love the story of Jacob. You know in Genesis where he wrestles with God? 
Like, so there was someone who wrestled with God and they wrestled all night. That was some UFC battle. And they wrestled all night and he wouldn't let go so God had to dislocate his hip and then he still wouldn't go and he said this, I will not let go until you bless me. Imagine if we prayed like that. Lord, I will not let you go. I will not leave your presence until you move. Lord, we need you to move. And that's not arrogance, that's hunger. It's contending. See, contending, to contend, is to do spiritual warfare. We're in a battle. We don't, we, we often, I, more of my Pentecostal brothers and sisters do the, 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 the Jesus is, is, is the lion, where most of us do Jesus as the lamb. You know, he's, he's really nice and sweet. Yeah, but he's also a lion that can tear your head off. And, and once you start praying and crying out to him, he wants to move. And I think God wants to put some lions in our spirit and start to contend on our face for a move of God. Ephesians 6 says, you know, we do not fight against flesh and blood. We're not fighting against the government. We're not fighting against evil rule, not that they're evil rule, but we're not fighting against what we see in the flesh and blood, people that we don't agree with or whatever. We're fighting against the principalities of this dark world. We're fight, it's a spiritual battle. And the, the way we fight, our weapon is prayer. Prayer is how we wage war. Prayer is how we... Sometimes when I think about this, and I think about the state of young people and children in our nation. Think about the issues that's going on in their minds with their identity, their sexuality, the confusion around all that kind of stuff. We, I need to get, start praying for those young people. We need to start praying for the future. We know that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We know he's trying to distract our minds. We know that the, the world is seducing us into distraction but, but for, for Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus came to give life and life in all its fullness. So I think we need to contend. I want to finish by, and I think that sometimes I feel like when I'm praying and things aren't shifting, I, I, and I often can't be bothered, if I'm honest, to pray. And I sense God's voice saying to me, do you care enough? Do you really care? Because I, I, I long for you to care a little bit more. And your prayer will show that you pray. Like John Wesley said, God does nothing but answer prayer. God's not like a mute. He's not, not wanting to move, but he's, he's stirring us up to pray. And, and maybe it's a question of whether we care enough for our neighbor who we, we're praying for them to see breakthrough. Or, or our friend. The two major places I know that I've contended is over my skin. I grew up covered in eczema. And I contended for years. And now I'm clear of that stuff. And I know it's because I contended over it. I didn't give up praying. And then I remember friends of ours that were on the brink of divorce. And I know that I contended in that time. Where I stood in the gap. Guys, there's people in, around us that are struggling. Will we contend for them? I believe the church needs to learn to contend again. A church that admits we've sung our songs, we've attended our services, we've given our money, we've given our time, we've given our passions, we're done. 
But God, if you knew, it's not enough. Because if you don't move, if you don't move, we need your power. So let's, Lord God, would you, would you begin to stir our hearts to be a people, not that feel condemned. Lord, any condemnation that is on, anyone would feel from this word, would it be gone in Jesus' name? And would this be fuel for the fire? Would this be fuel for the fire? Lord God, would you move in our nation? Would you move in our hearts? God, we've done all we can. And, and we know that there could be more, that there is more that we can do. But Lord, unless you move, we're absolutely redundant. So God, we need you to move. And let's be a church and a community that begins to pray, seeking to learn, seeking to listen to our Heavenly Father, contending for a powerful move of God, move of the Spirit that we've never seen in London and beyond. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers.